Hi, welcome to Interviews Podcast. I am passionate about business. I used to run businesses for others before launching my own. And I have always asked myself one key question. What is the secret recipe to properly structure and successfully run a business? So I am on a quest to find out through insightful conversations with entrepreneurs all around the world. Follow me on my journey to crack the entrepreneurship code. This is interviews number nine. Today I'm very happy to welcome Joachim Akren, fellow podcaster, founder and CEO of Elite Game Developers here in Helsinki, Finland. Joachim is also a former co-founder of Next Games. Hi, Joachim. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hi, Lauren. Really happy to be here. Good. So tell me, tell us a little bit about, your, about yourself. You know, what is your business about and what is your background? So yeah, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. Uh, I started in video games industry, basically doing a, an early stage mobile gaming company in 2005, mm-hmm. where we were building a, a virtual world uh, for mm-hmm. mobile phones, uh, which still, like it was these days of Nokia, uh, mm-hmm heyday when they were like dominating but it was it actually meant that those devices weren't really good for for gaming yet they weren't really like connectivity you couldn't have an online gaming experience which Mm -hmm. we were trying to do uh the first company really failed into kind of like this kind of having having issues with what to actually figure out since the first mission didn't really materialize because there was a technology risk that technology just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went to Supercell for a while to kind of like uh, see what I want to do next. And I was there, there mm-hmm. for a year or half a year and a half helping with the analytics side. And then, then mobile started taking off and I left to, to start a company called Next Games, uh, which uh, is actually still around. Uh, I'm not there anymore. Uh, we built two uh, mobile games based on the Walking Dead TV show. And the company is now working on a Stranger Things game with Netflix. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. But I really figured out that I wanted to do something totally different. The company had grown to 160 people. Uh, There Mm. was a lot of, you know, velocity was very high, Mm. but also uh, a lot of stress, uh, burnout, everything. It was just too much for personally for me i i saw that that wasn't a fit for me as a person for what i want to do as a as a work as a job mm-hmm. so i left uh, last year it's about a year ago in march 2019 mm-hmm. that i left and took a month off to figure out i already had this idea that i wanted to start you know doing more online content coaching content before I started next game, but then I then I sort of like paused it because the opportunity was there to build next. But now I'm back. So okay. <laughs> in the last year or so, I've been I've been building a company called Elite Game Developers, which focuses on providing online coaching for gaming entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting and building a company in video games industry, mm-hmm. which could. Uh, like kind of like a company that can become profitable, can sustain itself, can grow. Uh, how do you do that? There's mm-hmm. a you know million things 
that can mm-hmm. go wrong, but also there's a million ways to to avoid the wrong things and you know learn before you go and do things. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm focusing on that as we speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, your journey is quite interesting. You have downs and ups. Uh, I noticed that you took time to take a pause and to think about and to think about what you want to do next. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit further. Yeah. When did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? What were the triggers? I think it was early on as a kid. So my, from my mother's side, we, we were, they were really like an entrepreneurial uh, family. So okay. my uncles and my uh, grandfather had a big business in the city of Vasa here in, in Finland. And in this, this area of the country, it's very kind of like entrepreneurial spirited that it's like, you know, if you don't have your own company, what's wrong with you kind of mentality. <laughs> <laughs> not, not so much, but it's kind of like very, very pro entrepreneurial uh, area where, where it definitely makes sense. You got a lot of support, uh, people look up to you as an as an entrepreneur mm. and you provide things to the community and these kind of things so i was born in this kind of like area and i w- always knew that this was something that really fascinated me to have my own uh business at some point but i didn't really know what it me- meant mm-hmm. i couldn't really like understand the dynamics there from watching grown up people do what but, but uh, in the, the the kind of like my big hobby when i was growing up was to actually uh, computers like Commodore 64, Amiga mm. 500. I started to learn programming and I built stuff with those. And then eventually to the PC side, CD-ROM products came out in the mid-90s. So I was making products and actually selling uh, some of them to publishers already. Uh, so I, I was like dabbling in that entrepreneurial stage when I was like a teenager already. But it was really still something that I didn't really know what is an entrepreneur. It was mm-hmm. it felt more like I can do cool products on my own and I can I can push them to for people to enjoy by uh selling basically the rights to other companies. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah that that kind of like led down the path that I I still wanted to go to a university to learn mm-hmm. uh because <clears throat> it still felt that there's like doesn't there's no like you know manual nobody's instructing me how to how to actually build a company and it didn't sound like very fun <laughs> like you know what, <laughs> what school teaches you about yes. company like entrepreneurship it's very much like you have your SWOT analysis maybe that's what you learn uh, but that's like what does this mean yes i, I have no clue what what <laughs> like how to apply this to anything yeah like, where I, do think, I, start? I think this is a story of many entrepreneurs out there <laughs> yeah i did like that's like thinking about like kids learning entrepreneurship i think there's there's a lot of things there that could be improved mm. just in a, in a sense like thinking about like step by step guides <laughs> like this is how this these guys built their company this is how this was done so yeah. it, it's now it's sort of like yeah we'll figure it out <laughs> like, and it it causes a lot of pain and kind of learning pains mm-hmm. Is it what partly motivated you to create this new company, Elite Game Yeah, my first company, yes. Well, this is my third company, in Mm. a sense, that I've been founding. 
I think it's that kind of like area where I was doing alone stuff. I felt like, you know, I have all the control regarding like what is the pace that we're moving, uh, what kind of choices I'm doing, what kind of experiments. When you have a team, you need to start planning a lot more and giving kind of, you know, responsibilities and also like trust to other people. Mm. And you, you become kind of like the person who facilitates that process as the, the entrepreneur, the, the chief executive officer. Mm. So currently, I'm, this is my own company where I'm alone as mm. elite game developer. So it feels still like something that I'm doing stuff in the online space where distribution is kind of like, you know, I just post stuff on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, people find me and they spread uh, those ideas. Somebody's building a, like starting a, a games company and then they, then they reach out that, hey, I heard from my fr- friend that this, you're, you're, you know, helping out. So like, yeah. then they sign up to my mailing list and I can start messaging them with free content, premium content, all sorts of things. So you mentioned that you created your first company, which I think was called Iron Star, like yes. back, back in 2005, right? Yeah, that's way back. Yes, it's long, some time ago. And then you had to close it down, uh, unfortunately, six, yes. years, six years later, if I remember well. And what is very interesting, and I was talking earlier on about you know, your downs and ups, is that despite the fight that you failed, you did not lose the sparkle. You have uh, opened two more companies since. So it's very interesting to see that this failure did not prevent you, you know, from attempting a new adventure. Mm. How come? Why, why is that? One of the key things there is that I still want to kind of like control what I'm, you know, working towards, like a mission, mm. a purpose. And right. I think like the most control I can get from that is being an entrepreneur and having my own company. Uh, like kind of, I think the biggest nuance there is that I'm learning constantly things like how to utilize the team in a way that it fits kind of my entrepreneurial minds, mindset and also the, the velocity of you know, building the company. Mm. Like what kind of speed do you want to have? Like how do you achieve that speed is usually having resources, which is money and uh, the people in the team and without those it, it becomes different so i'm exploring that right now like what could velocity look like for me who is still like one man show in elite game developers yeah but failure did not discourage you no no it's more i think it's more about like it feels so bad that okay what what i was building yes. didn't didn't work or that, well, Next Games was a different story. That, that definitely had its ups and downs, but it wasn't the fit for me. Mm-hmm. But like, if thinking about the first company, that was more about, okay, there's six years and then we ran out of money. We couldn't get more, any, more money from the investors. There was no interest to help us still stay alive. I, I think in hindsight, it's been, it's been a learning experience. And that mm-hmm. learning experience is something that I can... You know, it's, it's so rich 
that it's you cannot really like put a value of money on top of it of course it would have been nice to kind of like continue and get some rewards but the reward there of the learning is huge Mm -hmm. it's still like it of course it stings so much when it happens that you need to close but it's it's like it's something you can use forever all those learnings what did you learn in the first company, I learned yes. a lot about not starting uh, a venture-backed, like venture capital-backed company on my own, okay. because the speed that in, you have investors on board, you need to have some kind of appetite to have, you know, speed. <laughs> like things need to start happening. That the money that comes into the company is spent into actually like speeding things up and getting like faster into a new state growth state with the company and i didn't know about like what what investor money is meant for mm-hmm. so like when i started my first company i was thinking that okay it's just money that everybody who has a cool idea can get and mm-hmm. then you use the money to build a cool idea but it is more about uh, putting some speed into what you're doing like you raise money and three months later, the investor definitely wants to see that you've moved past where you were when the yes. money came in. Yes. There's constant checkups of what's happening. And then the investors start to get worried like if that isn't happening. Uh, so if you're alone, it can be very hard to speed things up because you need to hire people. You need to hire really good people as well to, to move forward in something that you're building something new. I think... All of that is the big insight I learned in my first company is that build a team before you go raise money. One of the reasons you continue being an entrepreneur is because you have this purpose, you have this mission. I know, like me, you're a big fan of Simon Sinek, Start With Why. Yes. Tell me, what is your why? It started showing up when I was between like leaving Supercell and starting next games that I realized that I really love coaching people and helping people who are figuring out uh, this area of entrepreneurship. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I was leaving next games, I I also noticed that, you know, all the experience that I have, I really love to kind of like put that into use Mm. and helping people who are doing similar things that I was doing 15 years ago and who Mm. are in the same spot. And I love seeing them get over those situations and growing as people, learning as people very quickly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. into what what it means to to start a games company. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think that that is the purpose that currently drives me towards building elite game developers is that I want to help the entrepreneurs so that they wouldn't so that they would strive in building their companies that, that it it would be something that they could look look into as a as an like a, a source of knowledge that what I'm doing will help them. It's a very nice nice goal but also ambitious at the same at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's also about like Simon Sinek regarding his his work, the latest book, Infinite Game. I Mm. think one thing that I really picked up from there was that if you are an entrepreneur, don't think about winning, but rather how do you keep yourself in the game (laughs) as a a business? So like uh, 
think about like what is your meaning in in the world with mm. your business and how do you stay in the business mm. not about like hey do we grow uh you know 20% in the next month but it doesn't matter too much if you don't grow but it's rather like how do you make sure that your company will last or like when you die <laughs> that the company is still there and those yeah. kind of things they build really really good businesses that that's what i'm i'm thinking about it doesn't really there are different like if you if you then go into investors like raising money if your investors are kind of also believing this in this philosophy and they're aligned with that kind of thought process i think then you then you have a really strong strong companionship with your investor so there's a lot of nuances there like when you brought up simon senek that, that i think the learning is still continuing i'm still learning from that guy <laughs> every sure. day so what skills uh, do you think you have that help you implement or execute that purpose what are you good at i'm i'm probably like very empathic when it comes to kind of like hearing what people are struggling about mm. and really listening I, this is the thing that i've been learning through the podcast a lot is listening when mm -hmm. i've been doing my own podcast the elite game developers podcast for 50 episodes now it it really has like a, been a realization for me that this is listening can be really like learned better yes. and better mm -hmm. so that skill is something that i have really realized that i can now utilize in everyday work to get feedback uh, from people on my work like is it is the contribution there what are they what do they like about what i'm doing mm. um, what what could be improved what are they missing what are they lacking uh, and like asking like questions so how heartbroken would you be if i stopped doing elite game developers and i get this feedback and like using that as well as like who is my target audience yeah like who is really like needing my help and then hearing like what are their problems like people are more open uh, for the help some people are less open so listening and learning at the same time okay and if you look back at your your previous entrepreneur experience would you say that you were not good at listening or you could have done better definitely better I think this, <laughs> then you were i was doing a game like i was yes. doing managing people i was hiring people i was talking in one like that that was the thing i was in the one-on-ones but i didn't really have a focus on the people it was also about the game so mm. i think i wasn't that great now i have the time to actually listen because it's basically a key component in this mm. business mm. whereas then we were making games for the masses we were testing games but it was more or less how do you, how does his feedback apply to what the game is doing at the moment how can we make it better but but least kind of like personal problems uh, are, are so different from like when you're building an entertainment product versus fixing something that you know we're running out of money what can we do and then yeah. we start talking with the people uh, so it I probably wasn't as great, but I'm learning, constantly learning. Because if you, if you look back at your, at, your, at your experience, you're talking about the people. The people are not only your customers, they're also your staff. And mm -hmm. I've had a lot of 
discussions, you know, through the podcast or through uh, my uh, clients talking about how uh, the leaders of the company can better listen to the staff. Mm. Do you, do you, would you say this is something that empathy would help uh, achieve being a better listener? Yes. I think it's also thinking about like what, what is usually a, benefit for the company is that mm. the culture is strong and it's people driven uh, mm-hmm. that uh, the people's voices are heard uh, there's reaction to that uh, there's a safe environment where you can talk where you can voice problems and there's a lot of details there but that that then builds the trust back to the leadership mm-hmm. from your people so all all of that is often forgotten when you know when you have the investor money when you need to move fast uh, yes what i see with my with my with my clients who say kind of the same thing it's they forget about it because yes it goes fast and they and they buried under the day-to-day operations mm. so they forget to stop you know and take a step back and have a more holistic approach of the company to think in terms of strategy, but also to think in terms of how can I use the people to achieve, to achieve my goals? How can I make them better than me? How can mm. I help them achieve their own goals? Yeah. And that, that requires a lot of listening. Yes. Yeah. And going past kind of like the project that you're working on, mm-hmm. like what is, what are their goals in three years? Mm. Uh, where are they really like aspiring to become better at and things like that. And also like if they have something that the, the current job that they're doing isn't the right fit for them, how do you help them in, in a year to start finding a fit? Maybe it doesn't happen like tomorrow, but there's a path that you and the person in your team can kind of like relate to that this is something we can work together towards. Right. So we're talking about putting the people back in, back into the center of the companies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the leaders being the facilitators of these people. Yes. Do you think this is the secret recipe for success or at least one of, one of, one of the ingredients? If you have a, a company that's starting to be a medium sized company where there's a lot of people, a lot of teams, it it really, is at the core because then like you have nobody likes micromanaging so mm-hmm. what what is the opposite really it's funny is, <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny you say that because when you ask the question to people do you like to be micromanaged in general they say no but i tend yeah. to see a lot of managers micromanaging others because mm. they are afraid of letting go the main excuse yes. is is Oh yeah, but if I do it myself, it would be faster and it would be done the way I want it to be done. I, I more often think about it more as busy work, you know, you're mm. kind of like, you don't know what the focus is. So you're kind of like going all over the place, uh, putting your effort into pushing things forward by doing something that then shows up as micromanaging. Right. I think that's, that's the problem really that you don't, you don't do it for like something bad, but it's, you can't help it because you think it's, it's pushing things forward. What are you the most proud of? 
maybe I would say that this this jump that I did last year from from being in the games company to to starting totally something new. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely proud of thinking about like not looking back that because I was a bit scared that hey do I want to then go back to making games or being right. like a in a games company but it doesn't definitely it feels like this is so much a better fit for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of the the kind of like the choice that I made last year to actually start doing this right now because like the, the the best option would have been to start doing it 20 years ago but mm-hmm. today is the next best you know but didn't so, didn't it take you like 20 years to find your purpose because this is what you're talking about you're proud of pursuing your purpose yeah there's there's also the learnings that i i can now apply to my work from all of this so i wouldn't say that i should have been done you know things earlier or change things because all of the learnings that I took from my pre- previous mm-hmm. companies, I'm applying them every day right. to kind of like when I have a content that I'm creating a blog post or things like that to, to, to help. Like I created this, I had a webinar two weeks ago for the first time where we were going through in the webinar, how you pitch your games company to investors. Mm-hmm. I couldn't create that material without the experience that I've had. So in a sense, I couldn't do, do the purpose like work towards this purpose now without that experience in mind if you find yourself and instead you would hire the best candidate to replace you like the best person in the world what would that person do differently to get better results this is kind of maybe somebody who who would even more go after this kind of iterative experimented process of doing a lot of experiments seeing Mm -hmm. uh, like not looking too much about like what works what doesn't but more about experimenting and then going and reflecting after a period of time maybe three weeks if if that's working like now i started the webinars Uh, i I could have started that already a, a year ago basically i had enough of a following then I should be experimenting more. I think that's like in any kind of creative work, Mm. experimentation is so valuable because you're Mm. basically challenging yourself, pushing yourself a bit further. I I would hire somebody who would, you know, jump in and immediately have this kind of experimentation uh, nature to that person that they wouldn't shy away from doing crazy stuff to Mm -hmm. to see what is pushing things forward. Mm -hmm. Are you still afraid of anything, even after like 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur? Being afraid is, is a tough one. I'm, I'm not good at marketing for sure. Uh, that's something that I definitely need to jump into more. But it's, again, that would be a role that I would definitely want somebody as a partner mm-hmm. in this business to mm-hmm. be helping outside. Uh, my, my passion is around the content creation. Mm. So... It's kind of content creation in this kind of online business is that you have, you know, consistency. Every week you put out new material, you get gain a following and it grows and grows. But through some sort of marketing efforts, uh, the company could move forward faster. 
So I think I'm a bit scared about like how do I delegate enough time to have some meaningful experiments going on in the marketing side mm. without the content side mm. getting kind of lost. I'm a coach, as you know. So I have a question for you? You regarding, <laughs> regarding coaching. Have you ever used a coach or mentors before? Actually, at Next Games, we, we had an executive coach and we mm -hmm. had people helping. I think it really helped us there to, to surface this kind of culture discovery uh, to help find the chemistry between the team members mm. uh, through common common beliefs, uh, mm. common values. Uh, and that was something that I don't think it was something that we would have, you know, one day started doing. At least in Finland, it's, it is a bit like, and in gaming specifically. Gaming is quite kind of like conservative industry mm -hmm. where you're, you've done games for, like gaming industry is now 40 years old since the first Atari came out so it's it is a bit like hey you you're developing the game and then you publish the game and then you move on to the next game and there's processes that have been evolving inside that like you have programming you have artists game designers where's the culture kind of like holder and mm. person who's thinking about how you establish that even the the ceo in a gaming company is mostly somebody who's been doing games mm. in a game team. Mm. So uh, you, you can really pick up a lot of, of things when you have mentors who've done cultural workshops, uh, who can facilitate the workshop like that. Mm. So I'm, I'm now thinking about a lot of like ways for gaming entrepreneurs and gaming startups to, to add culture Uh, into something that they need to look into, like foster a culture and nurture and identify what their culture could be. Mm -hmm. How do you define culture in a company? For me, it's about the, the behavior mm -hmm. and sort of like what are the interactions. Like this, this, this was a really interesting uh, kind of thing that came up. Like, you know, when you're at home, you behave in a certain way when you interact with your family members. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to work, you interact and talk with people in a certain vibe. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the culture. You have a culture at home and you have a culture at work. And like how, how you're talking about your worries, how you're talking about opportunities, uh, kind of like the future, what happened, what we learned. It's a lot about the behaviors and the communication and and openness, mm. like the lack of those or the presence of those. And you think you think in a company it's more lack than presence of those elements? Well, you have good companies and not so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, yeah, it it if you've been working uh, towards understanding where. What works? What is a strong culture? What isn't a strong culture? Mm -hmm. Strong culture is where you have trust and where you have communication. You highlight bad, like problems early on and you start mm. dealing with them. In a sense, like family isn't a good analogy for, for a company culture because families can often be things that, you know, your, 
you're putting all your life and effort to, towards like helping your family. But it's so different. Like I think home and your real family is the, the number one priority and then you have a company. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it should go that way. So mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, you cannot really use the family word at work as much. I think it's more about like uh, like a sports team. For mm-hmm. me, it feels like a much mm-hmm. more better better analogy. Interesting, because you often hear people saying, oh, I, f- I'm, I'm, I work, my work feels like a family. It can feel like that, but I think it's not something that can always stand the test of like your day to day for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your big dream for your business? Hmm. I I really want to see some people now that I'm, I'm helping a lot of new companies that are at that stage that the founders aren't that experienced. Mm-hmm like building companies or even like in gaming. So I want to see if I can somehow replicate or put something into their minds and help help them grow past the, the early stages of this kind of death valley for the company and get mm. them into profitable profitability with their games and mm. they start growing. If mm. I can see that happening, that is my big dream at the moment. I think as somebody who's really very kind of ambitious in in what I want to do. Mm. Uh, I don't, if I achieve this, I'm not going to move on to, to do something else. I'm, mm. I'm seeing that then, okay, then I want to see a company that helped early on do something really big, like change the industry or things like that. Like, I think that that is what I now want to see is that these people who I'm, I'm helping, that they trans, they get a transformation out of what I'm providing. Right. And then what would be the one recommendation that you would give these people or the entrepreneurs out there? This is very important. I think it's like ask for advice, especially from other entrepreneurs and mm. CEOs in your field. That uh, I, When I hear people who are talking to others constantly, they're usually the people who, then succeed (laughs) that the success comes after like them being very curious and not kind of like staying away about asking questions, asking Mm -hmm. those questions from people who who've done things. It's a bit like think of, think about books, like how many books have been written in the last 2000 years, Mm -hmm. how much knowledge is in those books. And so many people, at least in the game industry here, Maybe a listening, listening, and some audiobooks, but they're still uh, fictional books. You're not paying attention enough into like how your work could mm-hmm. be improved through reading some nonfiction. Uh, th- just think about communication skills. How can you develop that? How can you develop mentorship skills? How can you develop uh, different kind of behavioral skills? And then. From there, you go into like thinking about business, uh, culture building for, for a company. Books have so much knowledge. Mm. And so that, that's the other advice. So ask for advice from your peers and don't shy away from reading nonfiction books that can help you move forward. Well, then this is a good transition to my last question for you. What books yes. would you then recommend? 
uh, there's so many, but I want to kind of like, <laughs> there's so, like, I, I only, I'm, I'm probably reading one, one book in two weeks. That's the, the kind of pace that I'm in right now. Mm. But recent favorites for sure is uh, Ryan Holiday, uh, who wrote books like The Daily Stoic, uh, Obstacle is the Way, and mm -hmm. the recent book from last year was this Stillness is the Key. Uh, it's it really goes in these books all have the same thematic on stoicism like how you can use that to kind of like improve your your brain <laughs> like think mm. about like your mental states uh, mm. why are you doing certain things why are you reacting in in certain fashion what do you need what does your brain need why does it need it uh, and how you can stay still and not think about anything like mm. when you're like racing like crazy in a busy work life how can you just sit yes. and not think think at all yeah so that's a big question to me too yes. <laughs> i think his books all have the same topic and they're covering it in from different angles and there's so many examples from uh, famous people from history who have uh had this kind of stoic approach to life and then the opposite like very very kind of like destructive uh crazy people and like who who still built miraculous things in their lives but still were like haunted and demonized and everything so definitely recommend those for anybody who who wants to kind of live live a stronger life okay well thank you very much for your time, Joachim. I hope people will be inspired by what you say. I hope they will continue this great adventure that entrepreneurship is, is about. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact me by email. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.